Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Now church, this is a very prophetic season for you. I sense you're going through a time of change, a time of transition. But God is saying, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. As we were praising God a moment ago, the Lord began to stir my heart saying this. There is a mighty breakthrough coming. There is a mighty surge coming, a mighty outpouring coming for you. And it's going to be birthing soon. In fact, it's even right now in the birth canal. Come on now. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I know hell would say no way, but guess what? He is the way. Hell is saying, I've scheduled your burial. But God is saying, but I have scheduled your resurrection. Hallelujah. Hell is saying you're going to have a breakdown. But God is saying you are going to have a breakthrough. How many of you are ready for something great? Come on, shout, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. You better get ready because soon and very soon, your expectations are going to become your manifestations. I'm blessed today to come here to be in a place where people that love the Lord. How many of you love the Lord? Come on, shout, I'm a lover of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but I love him. I love him, I love him. The Bible tells us, he that is forgiven much, loveth much. And guess what? I love him a whole bunch. Because I've been forgiven a whole bunch. The pastor mentioned that I am from the state of Virginia. I live in the mountains of Virginia. I'm a hillbilly. But originally, I'm from the Holy Land. I am. Alabama. Roll Tide. Hallelujah. But I'm so blessed to be here today with you, the saints of the Most High God. You're a great looking bunch. Why don't you turn to the person on your right and say, you look good today. Come on, tell them, you look good today. Come on, you look good today. Then turn to the other side and say, you look better than they do. Come on now. <laughs> oh, God is good. You say, but who is this guy behind Pastor Mark Pearl's pulpit? Well, let me tell you this. I'm a spirit being having a human experience and I'm living in heaven while on earth. Our pastor, Pastor Mark Barclay, Pastor Barclay said, you are a contemporary charismatic with deep roots in Pentecost and you're thoroughly soaked with the word of faith. Amen. Guess what? I am Pentecostal. Say that word, please. I love it. Pentecostal. How many of you are Pentecostal? Oh, yeah. Somebody asked a question one time. They said, if you were in Pentecostal, what would you be? I said, I would be ashamed. Come on now. <laughs> I know that I'm Pentecostal because sometimes I will run and nobody's chasing me. Come on now. <laughs> oh, God is good. How many of you have your Bibles with you this morning? Why don't you just hold them up high and make the devil mad? Come on now. I want you to see this after me, please. Say, I'm a warrior for the Lord with my two-edged sword. I'm armed and dangerous against the powers of hell. I am a victor 
and the devil is the victim, and the case is closed. The church, you're going to take your Bible, just take it and shake it in the devil's face. Come on now. I said in his face. Come on now. Some of you didn't miss number here. No wonder you got problems, honey. He is to be under our feet. Come on, one more time. Just take it and shake it in the devil's face. Come on, come on, church. Hallelujah. Oh, that's a whole lot better. Hallelujah. Well, would you turn me, please, this morning to First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 29, one verse of scripture, verse number 36. First Chronicles, that's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, First Chronicles. First Chronicles 29 verse 36, and before I read this portion, let me quote another portion. First Chronicles, chapter 36, I'm sorry, verse 29, chapter 29, I'm sorry, excuse me, a typo, second, yeah, second Chronicles, a, t- a typo on my computer, excuse me, forgive me, I repent, <laughs> Woo! hallelujah. Second Chronicles, are you there? Second Chronicles chapter 29, verse 36. And before I read this verse of scripture, let me quote another portion. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 and verse 19, the prophet said, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Now forget about what happened yesterday. Forget about all the wouldas and the couldas and the shouldas. The hurts and the pains and the sorrow, the grief, the anxiety. Forget about all that. He said, remember now the former things, neither consider the things of old. The next verse says, for behold, I will do a new thing now. Everybody shout now. Now. I'll do a new thing now. It shall spring forth. I love it. It shall spring forth. That sounds like it's going to happen suddenly. Come on, say that word. Suddenly. Say it again, suddenly. Now, 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 36. And Hezekiah, the king of Judah, and Hezekiah rejoiced. How many it's okay to get happy and rejoice? Come on, shout yes. The Bible declares rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And Hezekiah rejoiced and all the people, they rejoiced with him. That God had prepared the people for the thing was done. What's that last word? For the thing was done suddenly. I've got a word for you. God has a suddenly just for you. Everybody shout, it's my time. It's my suddenly time. Father God, we thank you for your word. Your word is life-giving. Your word is life-changing. Father, I believe today because of your holy word, we will never, ever be the same again. We thank you and we bless you. And all of God's people said together, Amen. Amen. That sounded good. You better say it again. Amen. Amen. 
I said, God has it suddenly just for you. And let me go to church. I believe that my God, your God, has a series of suddenlies just for us. Suddenly. I love that word. Say it again. Suddenly. Now, all through the Bible, we find words like this. Immediately. Quickly. Straightway. Suddenly. Why is that? Because our God is still the God of the suddenly. And the word here, suddenly, in our text means this. Suddenly means happening unexpectedly and changing all at once. That sounds like the nature of my God. He can turn things around immediately, suddenly, and you'll never be the same again. All through the Bible, we found where God moved in a sudden way. Suddenly, the eyes of Barnabas were opened. Suddenly, the leprosy was cleansed. Suddenly, the widow's issue of blood dried up. Suddenly, Lazarus was raised from the dead. Jesus spoke, peace be still. And suddenly, the great storm became a great calm. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Suddenly, the Jew house in Philippi began to shake round and roll. And suddenly, God turned everything for Hezekiah and for all of Judah. It happened Suddenly, that was in, but what about now? Well, hear me, beloved, for you, there can be sudden breakthroughs, sudden favor, sudden restoration, sudden healing, sudden miracles, sudden ideas, sudden answers to prayer, sudden blessings because our God has not changed. He's done it before and guess what? He will do it again and again and again. He did it for one and guess what? He will do it for another one and you are the other one because he is to the same. He's the God of the suddenly. But what can God do? Suddenly, God can heal your body. Suddenly, God can turn your, that situation around for you. Suddenly, God can restore your marriage. Suddenly, God gave you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Suddenly, God can set you free. Suddenly, God can turn your mourning into dancing. Suddenly, God can make a way for you. Suddenly, he did it for you, and he'll do it again and again, and he did it for Hezekiah and for all of you. He turned it, what's that word again? Suddenly. He turned it for Hezekiah and for all of Judah. Suddenly. But you're asking the question, what did God do? What happened? What was turned suddenly? Well, if you're going to find it, you've go, got to go to the chapter before this. In chapter 28. Because in chapter 28, we find Hezekiah's father, Ahaz. A-H-A-Z. Ahaz. Now, there are many kings of Judah, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But Guess what? Ahaz was definitely the ugly. Because when Ahaz became king in Judah, it was a bad day. Have you ever had a bad day? Come on, talk to me, somebody. Have you ever had a real bad day? You, you, what's a bad day? Well, you, you're reading the morning paper and your name is in the obituary. That's a bad day. You're taking a shower and you look out the window and person on the windowsill is a buzzard licking his chops. That's a bad day. You put up the red light behind a band of hell's angels and your horn gets stuck. That's a bad day. Now that's bad, but guess what? It was worse for Judah because Ahaz became the king of Judah. Ahaz was a wicked king. He was a perverse king, a idolatrous king. 
He was a vile, nasty, wicked king. And for 16 long years, Ahaz, he kept the people of Judah in captivity and bondage and slavery and servitude for 16 long years. In fact, the name Ahaz means, and he has brought bondage. What a beautiful name. Ahaz means, and he has brought bondage. Well, guess what? I've got some good news for you. Ahaz died. Hallelujah. I've got a word for you. Ahaz is about ready to die. Come on now. Now, maybe you don't have a literal Ahaz, but maybe there's a, not, a physical Ahaz, an emotional Ahaz, a financial But guess what? Your Ahaz is about ready to kick the bucket. Come on now. Amen. Your Ahaz is going to die. Well, guess what? When Ahaz died, his son Hezekiah became the king. No, Ahaz means, and he has brought bondage. But what, is, what about Hezekiah? Hezekiah means, the Lord God, Jehovah, is my strength. That sounds a whole lot better, doesn't it? But when Hezekiah became the king, the king of Judah, he made some right decisions on day one. And here, my church, your decisions will determine your destiny. Right. All through the Bible, we find people that made right and wrong decisions. What about Adam and Eve? They made the wrong decision. I'm going to ask you one day in heaven, was it worth the bite? Come on now. No, my friend. Decision, decision, decisions. What about the book of Ruth? Here we find in chapter 1 that Naomi was leaving Moab, going back to Bethlehem, Judah. And her two daughter-in-laws were with her. And they were, they were at the crossroads of crossing over at the border. And Orpah said, not me. I'm going back to Moab. I'm back, going back to my land, to my people, to my gods. But what about Ruth? Ruth told Naomi, no, not me. Where thou goest, I will go. Where the largest I will lodge, thy God will be my God, and thy people will be my people. You see, decisions were made that day. Boy, what happened? Orpah goes back to Moab, and she became the great, great, great grandmother of Goliath. But what about Ruth? She went ahead into Bethlehem, Judah, and she became the great, great grandmother of David. How many know your decisions will determine your destiny? Come on, shout Amen. amen. But Hezekiah on day one, he made some right decisions. You read this beautiful chapter, you find out the decisions he made. What did he make? What kind of decisions? Number one, Hezekiah decided, I'm going to do that which is right in the sight of Almighty God. Amen. The Bible tells us in verse two that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. I thought Ahaz was his father. Yes, Ahaz was his natural father, his biological father. But he said, no more, because I'm a follower in the ways of my spiritual father, David, who was a praiser. He was a worshiper. He was a man after the heart of Almighty God. He said, I'm going to do what is right. Everybody shout right. right. I'm going to do what is right in the sight of Almighty God. Amen. One verse that says, in God's opinion, Hezekiah was a good man. And how about you, but I made up my mind a long time ago, I'm going to do what is right in the sight of Almighty God. 
I'm going to do what is right in the sight of Almighty God because even right now, because of the decision I made 52 years ago, now I don't smoke, drink, dip, chew, cuss, gabble, or chase ugly women. Come on now. I made up my mind. I'm going to live for my God. I'm going to serve my God. What about you? Come on, somebody. I'm talking about I've come too far, Pastor Mike, to turn back. Now, I'm going on with my God. Come on, shout. I'm going on. He made the right decision. But what about you, beloved? I made the decision. I'm saved, sanctified, water baptized. I'm sold out to my God. I'm a Jesus-loving, God-exalting, devil-chasing, chain-breaking, yoke-destroying, mountain-moving, sin-slaying, fully committed, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled, word warrior. Come on, shout somebody. I'm going on for God. And here's the kind. He said the same thing. I'm going to do what is right in God's sight. Raise your hands up high and say, me too. I'm going to do it again. Come on now. I'm going to live for my God. I'm not going to be a sellout, but I'm sold out to my God. Lock, stock, and barrel. Come on. But he made that decision, number one. I'm going to do what is right in the sight of Almighty God. That happened on day one. Boy, this happened on day one. Here's a concept. It's time to clean up the house of God. It's time to clean up the house of God because for 16 long years, the temple of God, the house of God had been shut up. The doors were barred and inside the temple there was pagan garbage and pagan rubbish. But Hezekiah said, it's time to clean up the house of God. Well, that was then, but what about now? God is saying the same thing to his people. It's time to clean up the house of God. I'm not talking about this beautiful building, but I'm talking about we are the house of God. We're the house of God, and God has said it's time to clean up. Hezekiah told the Levites and the priests to start with the inside and work your way out. Come on, somebody. God, it's since time to clean up the house of God. Get rid of all that garbage and that junk, that yuck, that trash, that filth, that slime. I'm talking about cleaning up the house of Almighty God. Come on, somebody. What do you mean? I'm talking, it's time to get rid of all the, the bitterness and the anger, the jealousy, the racism. I'm talking about all the gossip and all the, come on somebody. It's time to clean up the house of God. Because we don't clean up, we're not going to go up. Come on now. It's time to clean up the house of God. Cleanse me, oh God. Wash me, purge me like never before. And the third decision was this. Hezekiah said, it all ends today. Everybody shout today. today. Come on, shout again today. today. I mean, on day one of his rule and reign as king, he was saying it all ends today. He was saying no more. Come on, say that. No more. Say it again. No more. He said it all ends today. He was saying enough is enough. Once he made that same decision, he said, I'm a shout out boldly to the, all of Judah. It all ends today. Won't you look hell in the face and say, no more, no way, enough is enough. You've come against me for the last time. Some of you need to go home today. You need to open up your front door. You need to walk in and point your finger at the devil. 
I'm not talking about your husband, honey. I'm talking about the devil. And say, you've come against me for the last time. You've come against my home and my family and my marriage for the last time. You've come against my business, my career for the last time. You've come against my church and my pastor for the last time. Get out of here, devil, in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. It all ends today. Come on, show. It all ends today. Hallelujah. Now, I believe that Hezekiah was probably inspired by that great saying of old, Popeye the Sailor Man. How many of you ever watched Popeye the Sailor Man on Saturday mornings? Let me see your hands. Anybody? One, two, three. God's moving. Anybody else? Five, six. But Popeye the Sailor Man every Saturday morning. Now, every Saturday morning, Popeye's arch enemy will come against Popeye because he was after one thing. What was it? Popeye's main squeeze, olive oil. And every Saturday morning, he would come against Popeye, and Popeye would get so mad. He gets so ticked off. He gets so riled up. He gets so upset every single time. And Popeye, he'd reach over and grab his can of what? Spinach. He'd hold that can of spinach up high. And before he would consume that can of spinach, he'd always say these words, I've had all I can stand and I can stand no more. Won't you hold your can of spinach up? Come on, church. Oh, yeah. And say, I've had all I can stand, and I can stand no more. And that's what Hezekiah was saying. He said, for 16 long years, this nation of Judah has been in captivity and bondage and slavery and servitude because of my wicked father. He has, but no more, no more, no more. And church, you can look at hell in the face and say, it all. It all ends today. Come on, shout. It all ends today. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. I feel it coming on, Pastor Mark. Hallelujah. It all ends today. Raise your hands up high and say, my silly is on the way. My silly is on the way. Guess what, Omega Church? You better get ready because I sense something happening. Hallelujah. And never before, your silly is on the way. But he made those decisions. Number one, here's the cause. I'm going to do what is right in the sight of Almighty God. Number two, he said, it's time to clean up the house of God. Number three, Hezekiah said, it all ends today. And the fourth decision was this. He said, it's time to lay it upon the altar. Because for 16 long years, he has had forbidden the people to offer sacrifices to the Lord upon the altar. Not a lamb, not a ram, not a bullock, nothing was offered upon the altar. But this was Passover time. This was Passover time. And Hezekiah said, it's time to lay it upon the altar. It's time to lay it upon the altar. What does God say to us? He said, it's time to lay our lives down upon the altar, living sacrifices. It's time we begin to return back to the altar. Well, because God does alterations at the altar. Come on now. The altar is a place of greatest change. The altar is where we say, God, not my will, but thy will be done. The altars, we say, God, you must increase, but I must decrease. The altars, we cry to God, say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. At the altars, we say, no more me, but all of thee. The altars where we say, God, take out the Jacob and put in the Israel. Take out the stony heart and put in the heart of flesh. It's at the altar, at the altar, at the altar of God. 
Some time back, a friend of mine took her granddaughter, her granddaughter's first wedding. And after the wedding was over, she looked at her grandmother and said, Mima, what is it, darling? Why did the bride change her mind? Now, I've been to some weddings. I wish the bride would have changed her mind. Come on now. She said, what do you mean, honey? She said, well, why did the bride change her mind? What do you mean? She said, well, because the bride went down to the altar with the old man, talking about a father, and she left the altar with the new man. Come on now. And that's what happens. We go to the altar. We lay down the old man and we pick up the new man. Come on, Shep. It's time to lay it down upon the altar. And that's what Hezekiah was saying. It's time to lay it all down upon the altar. But he made one more decision. I love this. Hezekiah said, it's time to praise the Lord. It's time to praise the Lord. What time is it? It's time to praise the Lord. There's only two times to praise God. When you feel like it and when you don't feel like it. It's time to praise the Lord. You see, you see the depth of your praise will determine the magnitude of your breakthrough. When you begin to praise Him, something's going to happen. You see, for 16 long years, they had been forbidden to praise God. He has us no more praise to Jehovah God, no more adoration to the great I am, no more thanksgiving to Jehovah Jireh, no more praise. And for 16 long years, they could not praise him. They were forbidden to praise him. How many know they had a whole lot of pent up praise? I mean, they had it bottled up. Have you, have you ever been around people like that before that had some pent-up praise? Have you been there before? I've been there before. And I've been to communist China, mainland China. I've been there before to China. And I've been there in the underground churches of China. You'll see maybe a pulpit. And on every pulpit I've seen in the underground churches of China, there's a bell. There's a bell. Why is it? Because the pastor or the leader would say, Let's begin to praise the Lord. A room like this, you would see sometimes three, four people, 300 people, four packed in there, standing room, standing up there in the pastor. Let's begin to praise him. I've seen it by the mark. The pastor, let's begin to praise him. Let's begin to praise him. And when the pastor, they would say, they guess what the people, they would begin to praise the Lord. Not just a few low-key hallelujahs. Not just a few holy grunts, but I'm talking about the people begin to raise their hands and raise their hearts and raise their voices and begin to praise Him and begin to praise Him. Not for a few seconds, but sometimes I've seen it going for five and 10 and 15 and 20 minutes. The people I've seen, they begin to praise the Lord like never before with all their heart, all their soul, and they, they praise, but all of a sudden the pastor will start ringing that bell. Ding, 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 ding. And I've seen it sometimes. It had to ring the bell for two and three minutes, why would he ring them up to get the people to stop praising God? In America, we got to ring the bell to get them to start praising God. Come on now. Won't you raise your hands up high for just a moment? Come on now and praise him for he alone is worthy. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Don't stop praising, praising, praising. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Somebody come on. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Begin to praise him. Begin to praise him. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. All right. Ding, 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 ding. 
Thank you, Lord. Because when praise goes up, what happens? The glory comes down. When praise goes up, something comes down. I said, when praise goes up, something comes down. The Bible says, let everything, everybody, let everything that hath breath do what? Praise the Lord. Do what? Praise the Lord. Now, a number of years ago, my little Holy Ghost mama, on a Saturday night, she was struck down with a massive stroke. Now, she was 88 years of age at the time, and she's collapsed. Two of my sisters happened to be there with her at the time, and she collapsed. They called the paramedics, they rushed to the hospital. And when she got there, they said because of her age 88 at the time, and because of the severity of the attack, they said she probably won't even make it through the night. I've got two words for you. But God. Come on, say that. But God. Say it again. But God. Hell's giving you a bad report, but but God. She made it through the night. Well, the next afternoon, my little mom was laying there in that intensive care unit, having suffered a massive stroke. The left side of her body was dead and was paralyzed. Her face was all drawn up, her speech was slurred. Two of the machines hooked her to her body, barely hanging on. And the doctors came in, the medical professions came in, the staff came in, and they looked at my mama, they checked the vitals, and they started saying, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. Well, thank God they left the room. Come on in. And when they left the room, my little mother laying there, having suffered that massive stroke, looked over at my two sisters, Pam and Jean, and my mom with that slurred speech. She said, it's time to praise the Lord. My mama just lay back and take it easy. Mama said, no, it's time to praise the Lord. My mama, oh, you don't feel good. She said, we don't praise him because we feel good. We praise him because he is good. And laying in the hospital bed, my little mama lay there. And she said, my Lord, with that certain speech, my Lord, and I can hear now, I, I praise you, my God. I exalt you, my God. You've been so good to me all these many years. How can I praise you? My God, I cannot lift up my left arm now, but I can still lift up my right arm and praise you. Hallelujah. Well, she began to praise him on Sunday afternoon. And she kept on praising him on Monday. And she was praising him on Tuesday. And she was praising God Almighty on Tuesday. All of a sudden, the healing power, the healing virtue, the healing anointing, the healing grace of Almighty God came down and touched my little mama. And she was completely made whole. Come on, shout amen. Oh. Oh, hallelujah. Woo, glory. Hallelujah, somebody. But Hezekiah said, it's time to praise the Lord. It's time to praise the Lord. You know what happened? The Bible says, and the thing was done. What's that word again, church? Suddenly. Come on, say that. Suddenly. And it's going to happen for you what? Suddenly. Come on, say it. Suddenly. Now, when did it happen? They were in bondage for how many years? 16 years. But from that time that Hezekiah became the king, God turned everything around. I'm talking about God brought in abundance and prosperity and increase in blessing. There was revival from the north, the south, the east, the west, and Judah. It all happened in what? In 16 days. Come on, shout. Whoa, hallelujah. It was turned around in 16 days. Suddenly, God did it. Well, guess what? If God did it for Judah, 
And they were only mere servants of God on the Old Testament. The how much more so will God do it for us today? And the new covenant, we're no longer just servants, but we're more than that. We are servants, but we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. Come on, shout amen. Oh, hallelujah. Now, this is not a thus saith the Lord, but this is the thus saith Danny. Why don't you start right now? Because remember, Hezekiah said, it all ends today. Guess what? It all begins today. Why don't you count out 16 days, okay? Today has been day number one. What would that be? 16 days? That'd be what? Up? The 20, yeah. What, something, something, yeah, something like that, okay? Starting today. Today's number one. The 24th, hallelujah. 16 days. Why don't you believe between now and the 24th? Why don't you believe that God is going to turn some things for you suddenly? Come on, shout. God's going to do it again. 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 You better get ready because God is on the way. Come on, shout. God's going to turn it around for you. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Oh, get ready. Raise your hands up high and shout, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. Hallelujah. I got a letter about a month ago from a little mama. And she said, Brother Johnson, I should have wrote you years and years ago, but I'm writing you now. She said, you were down at church a number of years ago, and it was a Sunday night service. And we didn't come because we knew our son was going to bring chaos and disrupt the service. And so we had our friends call us when you were starting to pray for people. There's a healing on you right now. Raise your hands up high. I can start right now just begin to minister. Hallelujah. There's a mighty anointing, a mighty surgeon right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I will in just a few moments. But she said, we don't want to disrupt the service. So when you start praying for people, our friend called us. We came that night. She had written the letter. She said, we came here that night. and You had a prayer line, wall to wall, praying for this one and this one and this one. But she said, we can't walk in the far aisle. My husband said, my, my husband was holding our son. And he was screaming and hollering and fighting. My husband, let me go. Let me, let me down. Leave me alone. Put me down. It was so loud, disrupting everything. When I heard that, I left the prayer line where I was and went over to her. I said, what's going on, darling? What's happening? She said, it's my son. He's got severe autism. In the classroom, he bites at other students and, and stabs them and jabs them with pencils. He's so disruptive. And the school said, something has changed. We've got to find another place. Oh, but Brother Danny, would you pray for us? Because he needs a touch from the master. He needs a touch from the master. Because they said he's no more than a mere vegetable. They said he's not functioning right. They said there's no, no hope for us. And he was fighting the dad, leave me alone, let me go, put me down, put me down. I don't remember what I prayed, but she said, but you reached over and laid your hands upon him. She said, he was fighting at you, slapped at your arm. She said, you prayed a prayer, what did I pray? I don't know. I probably prayed, Lord, heal him. Lord, touch him, Lord, change him. She said, but as soon as you reached that and touched him, immediately he calmed down. Immediately he got so peaceful, so serene. She said, the next week, I get another note from the teacher saying, I don't know what has happened to your son, but he's now the most peaceful, the most gentle, the most intense student that, that I've got in my classroom. And guess what? This past May, he graduated from high school valedictorian. Come on, shout amen. Oh, because my God is still the God of the silly. Raise your hands up high and shout, do it again, do it again. He's going to do it for you. Get ready. He's going to turn your home around, your family around. Oh, get ready. Your body. Come on. He's a mighty God. Hallelujah. 
Ooh, I feel a kick of in. Come on, shout amen. Hallelujah. Everybody shout suddenly. Raise your hands up, darling, with the glasses. Yeah. God said, get ready before the summer's over. He's going to turn for you the things you've been believing God for for the past several years. You say, God, it'll never be. Even right now, you said, it's not going to be. But God said, leave it to me. I will turn it around. You'll see my glory before the summer is over. Hallelujah. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on, somebody. Begin to praise him. Hallelujah. Woo. How much just give me five more minutes? Anybody? Five minutes, ten minutes, anybody? Woo, hallelujah. Here was about a month before COVID hit. COVID. I'm so glad that didn't last long. Because you know, anything that's made in China didn't last long at all. Come on now. But here was in February, I was, I was flying out of my home in Virginia, out of Roanoke, Virginia. It was a cold, cold, very cold, very cold, icy morning. And the pilot says, folks, we have this plane de-iced. As we sat there, they came around, and they de-iced that plane. We stayed there. About another hour and a half later, he said, well, they're going to come around and try it one more time. And they iced the plane the second time. He said, hold on. We're trying to take off. Trust me, I was holding it on. And we took off out of Roanoke, Virginia. Went from there to Washington, D.C., Washington, Dallas. We got into Dallas two hours late. When I get out of that plane, I was just a hump at it. Now, Pastor, you tell you, I don't check luggage to a pastor. No, I had a big, now yesterday was about a 30 pound garment bag, but I had about a 75 pound garment bag. And this grand day was just dumping it down this concourse and this concourse. I was running. Uh, I don't check, now I'm flying Delta. And when I fly Delta, I never check baggage when I fly Delta. Go, what does Delta stand for? D E L T A. Don't expect luggage to arrive. Come on out. <laughs> And so I was just humping it, just to get down this concourse and this concourse, and I finally got in my gate. I got there. There's no one person there. It was the agent behind the counter. And I've been running for about 10 minutes. With that big old garment bag. She said, sir, okay, yeah, yeah. But I looked out there, and I saw the plane. I saw the plane. She said, what is it? I said, the plane, the plane, the plane. <laughs> she said, what is it? I said, ma'am, I got to get on board that plane. She said, I'm sorry, sir. They've already boarded the plane. I said, but ma'am, it's time I flogged. We're two hours late. I said, can you help me out? She said, no. I said, ma'am, please help me out. She said, I can't. That's Hawana. It's against the rules and the regulations. It's against the policies and procedures. It's against the. It's against the law of the Medes and the Persians. Come on now. <laughs> I said, "Ma'am," and she caught an attitude, and she began to point the finger at me. By that law, she says, "Sir." The door is shut for you. The door is shut. Have you ever had Hill say that to you? Hill said, it's not going to happen. The door is shut for you. You're never going to get that position. You're never going to get that job. You're never going to get that increase. you never, come on, have you ever had Hill say that to you? I mean, she looked at me. I mean, she was mean. My God. Remind me of the Wicked Witch of the West. Come on now. I looked around for the flying monkeys. Couldn't see them, though. Just shaking that finger and said, the door is shut for you. The door is shut for you. I stood there and I said, oh God. You ever had an oh God moment? Come on now. I said, oh God, I'll fly into India. And I said, oh God, oh God, what do we do? And God says, son, begin to praise me now. And I'll turn it for you. What's that word? Suddenly. Suddenly. Say it again, suddenly. I looked at her and she was still shaking the figure of me. The door shut for you. The door shut for you. He said, son, begin to praise me. And I'll turn it all around for you. I'll turn it for you. I'll turn it for you. I don't know how God's going to do it. And I just walked, turned away from her. I started saying, thank you, Lord. 
You sit in everything, not for everything, but in everything give thanks. In the midst of everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're my God. You're my everything, my all in all. And I started walking. And there's the concourse. And all of a sudden, a lady was walking by. And she said, hey, Brother Johnson. I said, hey. She recognized me, but I didn't recognize her. I was like, where do I know her from? Dallas, Detroit, Denver, Boise, Buffalo, Bismarck. Where do I know her from? And, and uh, she said, hey. I said, hey. And I said, what's going on? She said, I'm up here this week from Atlanta. Then I realized what church it was. She said, I'm a supervisor here with Delta. Woo, hallelujah. I started getting excited. Yeah. She said, I'm up here all week long doing some training. And about five minutes ago, I decided to give everybody a break. That wasn't her. Who was it? It was God. She, and I said, I'm going to go for a walk. That was God. She said, what are you up to? And I said, the plane, the plane, the plane. I told her to have them. And she said, hold on just a moment. Come on now. And she walks around behind that counter and talks to the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. <laughs> By faith, she's a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, God-possessed woman now. Hallelujah. And uh, she says, so, then she picked up the microphone, the horn. She says, open up the door. We got one more. We got one more. We got one more. Come on, shout amen. Oh, God can do it for you. Suddenly, raise your hands up high and shout, do it again. Do it again. Get ready, brother. Your suddenly is on the way. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Will you come to the keyboard, please? Thank you, Lord. And just begin to play. Hallelujah. Begin to play the key of H. That's for Holy Ghost. That's for Hallelujah. That's for Hosanna. That's for help me, Lord. Woo, that's for he's the God of the suddenly. Oh, don't you love in church? Amen. He's a mighty God. Yes, he is. He's a mighty God. Hallelujah. Supernatural. Hallelujah. I just see the Lord just touching you right now, honey. Thank you. There's a cleansing coming to your blood right now. There's a cleansing that's coming to your blood right now. Your whole blood system, hallelujah. Your blood's being made whole. Your blood's being cleansed. There's a supernatural strength that's coming right now because your blood's been so weakened. But God said, this is your day, my daughter. This is your day. He's touching you right now. And the pressure of the upper part, lay your hands upon that part of your chest right there. Yeah, the stress, the pressure you've had there. God said, it's leaving, it's leaving, it's leaving. This is you. Right now, oh, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, Come on, somebody begin to praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now, the nasal passages are being healed. I could come to you right now. There's problems in the nasal passages. Hallelujah. Hard to breathe through the nose, but God's a healing Jesus. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. Do you believe that? He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. The answer's on the way. The answer's on the way. The answer's on the way. Raise your hands up rather the glasses, the white. Yeah. Get ready. He said, what about me? God knows all about you. He said, you're in my thoughts. And I love you so much. I'm your loving Heavenly Father. Just look into me and I'm going to turn to you. He said, what about tomorrow? God says, I've already gone before you, my child. And your future is as bright as my promises. 
to shake off that fear that's trying to hold you down. I mean, hell's come against you with the spirit of fear, the spirit of worry. You said, what about this? What about that? But God said, don't be afraid. Do not fret because it's not over yet. Hallelujah. I'm your God. I'm going to go before you. I'm going to go with you. And my child, everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, glory, glory, glory. Raise your hands up. Come on. Sit with the glasses. Right there. Both, yeah, raise up both hands. He's touching you right now. I just see it right now. There's something happening from right about here down to here. Hallelujah. I see the hand of God touching you right here in this area. Are you ready for it's right? Yes, right yeah. Well, God is touching you right now. Hallelujah. In the lining, the testament area, in the stomach area. I see the hand of God touching you right now. Be set free in the name of Jesus. Come on, shout amen. Hallelujah. Oh, he's a mighty God, a mighty God. We're going to pray for everybody in a moment. I don't get in a hurry. I close with this. My first closing. How much is biblical for the man of God to say, finally, in conclusion, to keep on preaching? That's biblical. In Ephesians 6, verse 10, Paul said, and finally, brethren, and it went on for 18 more verses. Come on now. But I close with this. By faith, I close. A number of years ago, my best friend, my sweetheart, the love of my life, my bride, my precious wife, she got promoted to heaven. I talked to her every day. I talked to her two, three, four times a day. If I was in Indiana, Texas, Nebraska, California, India, China, Japan, I call her all the time. I loved my sweetheart. I loved her. But here was on a Saturday night. And I was preaching locally the next day. Here we're the family room, and she said, baby, I'm tired, I'm going to bed. She goes upstairs. She has a physical attack, and she's gone. But thank God I know where she is. Somebody said, you lost her? No, I know where she is. She's walking down the streets of glory, moonwalking, just high-fiving the saints of old. Come on now. But when that happened, I was grieving. Of course, I was grieving. I lost my sweetheart. I lost the love of my life. But I was down grieving, I was hurting. How many of us natural to grieve? Natural to grieve, natural. But when I was down, hell jumped on me. He says, I've got you down now, and I'm going to take you out. And it seemed like every demon spirit of hell was coming against me. So like every demon spirit of hell was camped outside on my front lawn. So like every fiery dart of the wicked one was being hurled at me. I was going through the worst spiritual attack ever gone through. This went on for six weeks. Hell on earth. Hell on earth. It was rough and tough. Hell on earth. I didn't eat at all. Lost about 30 pounds. I don't recommend that diet. But I was hurting. I was broken and hurting. I was hurting. Grieving, yes, grieving, yes. Grieving. No, I knew where she was. and But hell was bombarding me on every side. After six weeks, I woke up one morning. I said, God, I don't know why this happened. I don't know why this happened. But Lord, I want to boldly shout out loud, devil, it's payback time. I said, Lord, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to serve you like never before. I'm going to put my commitment to you in overdrive, my God. As I was crying out to God right there, 
I not heard from God in six weeks. I'd cry to cry. I'd pray, but the heavens were brass. I was talking to him, but I wasn't hearing from him in about six weeks. Then all of a sudden, he began to speak. He began to speak. Why wasn't he talking? It was a testing time, too. Remember, the, the teacher seldom talks during the test. But I said, God, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to serve you. Come with me. And after six weeks, I heard the Lord speaking. He says, son, get ready. When God says, get ready, what do you do? Get ready. He said, God, I'm going to speak to you right now. Say that word, now. That sounds like what? Suddenly. I'm going to speak to you right now. As soon as he said that, the telephone began to ring. There's a number up at no name. Normally, I just let it go to the answer machine if I don't know who it is. But I picked it up. I picked it up. I said, hello. I heard a voice saying, is, is this Danny Johnston? I said, yes, can you help me, please? It was a man of God, a prophet of God. A real prophet, not a non-prophet, but a real prophet. And he said to me, he said, Danny Johnson, I said, yes, sir. I said, we never met. I said, no, we haven't, sir. But I knew of his ministry. I knew the integrity, the accuracy of his ministry. He said, we've never met. I said, no, we haven't, sir. He said, but two days ago, one of our mutual friends was, was talking about you, how you lost your wife. I said, yes, sir, I lost her six weeks ago. He said, but as he was talking to me, the Lord says, get Danny's phone number because in two days, you will minister to him on my behalf. He said, for the past two days, my brother, I've been praying for you. A total stranger. I knew who he was, but we didn't know each other. I've been praying for you. He said, my dear brother, if you'll allow me to, I believe I've got a word from the Lord for you. And I said, okay, go ahead. And he begins to prophesy. He begins to prophesy things over me. Saying, the days before you be greater days, there'll be more joy, more peace, more blessing more anointing, more favor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when he was saying that, the devil said to me, he's not speaking from the heart of God. He's only speaking from his own heart, not the mind of God, but his own mind, because those are just things, generalities. I can say that anybody here, your better days are before you, greater joy, greater peace. The devil said, that's not really God. That's just him speaking from his own heart. He's speaking in realms of generalities. And when that thought came to me, all of a sudden, the man of God says, hold on, my brother. You want God to be specific? Look at these, brother Mark. The dates, August 78, okay? All the way down. I got 14 things listed here. He said, don't you remember what God said in August 1979? Don't you remember what God said to you in May of 1981? Don't you remember what God said to you in June 1983? He goes on down the line. I said, he is a man of God. 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 He said, everything I just said to you, it is the Spirit of God, and it will be greater things. He said, one more thing, my dear brother. I said, what's that? He says, as much as I love and appreciate the prophetic as much as you love and appreciate the prophetic, never, never build your life upon the prophetic alone. It must be built upon, based upon the written word of the living God that lives and abides forever. He said, if ever I've heard from God all my 
ministry. I know that 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 I've heard from God when I give you a verse of Scripture. I said, what verse? He said, the first I'm going to give you right now is not to be received from any of the version, any of the translation, not the King James, not the Living Bible, not the Amplified Bible, but God said to give it to you is only to be from the Message Bible. I said, brother, I don't have a Message Bible. He's what God said to tell you, that Amos chapter 9, verse 13, for the message Bible, it's for you. He read it to me. Woo! It was good stuff. Come on, it was good stuff. Well, that was on a Wednesday. The next morning, Thursday morning, I got a phone call from a pastor at West Palm Beach, Florida, Brother Norris. He said, Danny, I said, yes, sir. He said, a few minutes ago in prayer, the Lord told me to call you and give you a verse of Scripture. I said, what verse? He says, Amos chapter 9, verse 13 for the Message Bible. Ooh, come on, somebody. Then it say Friday, I get a phone call from a friend of mine in Huntsville, Alabama, Brother Jamie. He said, Danny, a moment ago, God told me to call you and give you a verse of Scripture. I said, what verse? Play this. Yes. Amos chapter 9, verse 13 from the Message Bible. Three men from three, three different states, Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, they don't know each other, never heard of each other, never met each other. But they gave me the same verse because they know the same God. Amos 9, 13, what did it say? Here it is. Bible's falling apart. <laughs> this is for you, church. Remember, he's the God of the what? Suddenly. Say it again, suddenly. Get a hold of this verse. Get a hold of it. Amos 9.13 from the Message Bible is for you. It says this. Yes, indeed. It won't be long now. This is God's decree to you. Things are going to happen so fast for you that your head will swim one thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. Everywhere you look, there'll be blessings, blessings like wine, for all the mountains and hills. Come on, shout him. And when I read that verse, that Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, three men of God saw that hoping, suddenly that heavens broke, the depression broke, the spiritual warfare lifted. Woo, I bet on Holy Ghost cloud nine ever since. Come on, shout. Hallelujah. Well, guess what? He is the God of the suddenly. He is the God of the suddenly. Do you believe that? That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.